Welcome to Unlocking Health with Dr. Lexi, where we motivate, inspire, and arm you with the knowledge and tools to reclaim your health. You're in the right place if you've tried everything and you still feel like crud. Each week, we'll have guests to expand your thinking and allow you to live your best life. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Unlocking Health with Dr. Lexi. I'm very excited today to introduce you to Fran Garten. She, well, God, Fran, I don't even know what you would call yourself besides a fitness instructor at this time. Oh, we talk so much. I just didn't even say, what do you even call yourself or what you're doing? Have we met before, Lexi? Is this our first time? (laughs) Oh, man, I'm sorry. This is awesome. This is the perfect way to have a podcast. This is a great interview. (laughs) Laughing is the most important thing. Um, I am, yes, I'm a personal trainer. Um, I am a pain reduction coach. There we go. A wellness educator. Those are kind of my three. Uh, no, and I'm a fibromyalgia warrior. Um, so those are kind of my big titles. But I do a lot of things. I'm sure lots of people that you speak with and that you interview, they've got all the certifications. I got lots of certifications. I got lots of things, um, you know. <laughs> you know, certifications are one thing. But to me, walking the walk and having results speaks louder than any amount of certifications you could ever have. So... Um, you mentioned that you were an educator, um, a wellness educator, but you didn't start that way. So your career has kind of evolved because of health conditions that you have. Like you said, you're a fibromyalgia warrior. Um, so tell me how your life kind of evolved and moved and changed around. So I was an adult educator with the Catholic school board. So I taught English as a second language to adults. And I did that for 16 years. And in 2011, 2012, I ended up having um, lots of headaches and nausea and I was having, you know, blurry vision. And one of my colleagues was like, you got to go get your eyes tested because you probably need glasses. And I remember going and the optometrist was like, "Uh, you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, what? You need to go to the hospital. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? And so... I went, they tested thing. No, you're fine. Everything's fine. Sent me home. And then I ended up getting, going back to emerge shortly after that. And they kept me because there was like, we don't know what's going on. So they'd done all these tests, CAT scans, MRI, like all this stuff. And what ended up happening was I had lost the vision in my eye and, and basically, and it happened one morning, I went into school, I flicked on the lights in my classroom and there was nothing there. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was terrifying. And I stag- staggered up to my manager's office and I'm like, I can go home. And she's like, what? I, go? I can't see. I don't know how I got home, Lexi. I guess I drove myself. <laughs> like in, in, the, I, in the in the heat of the moment, we don't think, right? <laughs> oh, of course. I'm like, I'm going home. And she's like, what? I'm like, I can't see and I have a migraine. I'm out. And I left. And that's, that, that's what happened. And she was like, okay. And then called me later and my husband's like, well, we're in a merge. Like we're waiting for all these tests. So they were like MS or brain tumor, or cancer, or like all these things. Anyway, it turns out I had stress-induced vision loss. And what happened was called central serious retinopathy. So the the fluid that's behind the eye 
is there for lubrication and all the good things that it does. But because of the stress, it caused a leakage. Mm -hmm. And so then that causes the blurred vision. But most times it just corrects itself. It did not for me. My brain said, no, we're not going to change the, you know, because we have binocular vision and then our brain makes it unique. Right into one vision, my brain was like, "No, we're not doing that." So I had a migraine and vision loss for four months, and I was in bed. And that was the beginning of me to start changing how I was doing things and looking at things differently in life. And I slowly started pulling back from things at work and went down to part time. And then in at the same time, I was thinking I need to do something different, and I was active in roller derby as I mentioned to you and I was the trainer on my team and so I was like I should get some education so I became a certified personal trainer that's what happened and then people just said can you train me and I went yeah and then I was like I need a studio (laughs) so then I had to find somewhere so then it was it really was just a side hustle Mm -hmm. and for years Lexi for years people had asked me even my colleagues at work at the school board are you gonna go do this full-time I'm like I never want to do this full-time I said those (laughs) words I can't even tell you how many, more than all the fingers and toes that I own, that I have attached so to So why me. didn't you want to do it full time? I thought it would be really hard and I didn't think it was really what I wanted to do because I loved teaching ESL. Like, mm-hmm. I loved it. I lived for it. I enjoyed going to work. But with the stress from outside and mm-hmm. the and the management and all that. They don't know, like with anybody who's in in a frontline position, and I don't mean healthcare, I just mean dealing with people. (laughs) Like doing the things that someone tells you you need to do. If you're not the person that's got to do all those things, as the manager, you're like, what's the problem? It's not feasible. Like it's not possible in the hours you give me in the day with all the other things I have to do to actually produce the things you want. So that whole stress you know, I slowly started pulling away and not really enjoying going to work. And I really was going, okay, this is when I start and this is when I finish. And then that was it. Like I did no extra stuff. So my mindset sort of started to shift. And as I started looking at my health and how my job at, in the, in the teaching world was affecting my health and my marriage and my other relationships and all of that stuff, I was like, there has to be some kind of change. Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't until I started working with a business mentor and he was a fitness mentor, but he gave a little, he also had some business stuff that we would do together. And he had said to me, and this was, I'm just trying to think of my timeline here. Maybe 2019, I went full time to this. Oh God, we're in 2022, right? So like 2018, the last couple of years, you know, together. I was working with Kennedy and he was my fitness mentor and he has been in the industry for like 30 plus years. And so he, we were talking one day and he, he was like, you need to look at your time and your day and what's happening with your life. And so he's like looking at it and he's like, so you got like two and a half hours a day that you go to the school? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, why? And I go, well, because it's my job. He goes, is it? Is it your job? And I'm like, well, it is. He goes, well, but you have all these training clients and these coaching clients that you also work with in the morning. So it was literally morning, all my clients, afternoon, run to the school board, come home after school and into the evening, have clients again. And he's like, so it doesn't seem to me like that's your job. And I'm like, it is. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, you need to figure out. He goes, this is what we're going to do. He goes, you're going to figure out how you're going to replace that income. 
how many clients do you need? And I am like, well, he goes, no, 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 go do the math. And then you let me know what the number is. I'm like two clients. And he's like, you are not staying in school. <laughs> I don't know what is happening, but it was security, right? It's security. That's the thing, right? With, with any kind of self-employment or any kind of thing that you want to strike out on, on your own. Right. And do, there's always the security. And I knew that every two weeks I get X number of dollars coming in. Right. And, and that's part of it, the security. But then the other part is my husband, who is an amazing support person. He truly is. And he, he every crazy thing I say, he goes, okay, <laughs> babe. and he's like, I always, how's that going to happen? I don't know. I go, this is our, this is our household rule. <laughs> I'm finances and he's logistics. And that's how it works. And so whenever I suggest something, he goes, how's that going to, I'm like, I want a squat rack in the gym. He goes, how's that going to work? I don't know. Finances is authorized the purchase. Logistics. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And he's like, oh my God. He goes, when am I getting moved from logistics? I'm like, well, you're not. So anyway, I totally changed the topic. I'm sorry. But that's kind of the security. And then him being this supportive person He's like, yeah, babe, quit your job. And I'm like, but then you feel this responsibility that, you know, you're, you're contributing to the household. And I know psychologically, I know this cognitively that money is not the only contribution to a household. I know that there are so many aspects of it, but you're right. I was raised that mm, that's how you contribute is that you give money. That's right. your contribution. And all the other stuff that gets done. Well, that's just what you do. It's right. not a contribution, right? So that's how I was raised. And so that's the mindset that I had. And so, yeah, so lack of security and then just feeling like I wouldn't be contributing enough to the house and to our life um, were the two things that held me back from doing this full mm-hmm. time. But then when, when Kennedy said, well, how many clients do you need? I'm like, two. And he goes, look, call me. <laughs> Call me back when you're going to give your notice. And it was funny because I worked with a mindset coach as well. And I was working with her in the fall and the school year had started. Okay. Mm-hmm. And no, the spring, I apologize. Spring of 2019, I was working with her and I said, okay, I'm going to stay at this job teaching until June of 2020. And she, she said to me the first time I said the trip, not going to happen. And I'm like, it absolutely is. She goes, you're not making it to fall. If you make it to the end of June, I'll be surprised. And I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, you're not. You've changed your mind that you're going to leave. Yeah. Because at that point, I was like, I'm going to be there for one more year. She goes, no, it's not going to happen. And when I talked to Kennedy, my coach, that was in August. And it was August the 18th. And he said to me, you call and quit. And I'm like, uh, what? And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to do it tomorrow. And he said, just call me when it's done. And I phoned him and I said, I think I'm going to (laughs) vomit. you're gonna quit the thing that you don't love anymore and you're gonna start doing the thing that you love every day and i was like oh yeah he goes call me back when you're done i'm like okay quit your job to find your passion absolutely but that's what you do right and i think we just sort of it depends where you were raised and who you were raised with and what that messaging is and Mm -hmm. for some it's like you get a job and you just stay in that job for your whole entire life and it sucks and you hate it and then you live for the weekend. And I'm thinking, that is not the life I want. I don't want that. Nope. So here we are. Fantastic. Well, I know that um, you ended up developing fibromyalgia. And so what you're doing now is directly related to even how you were handling and managing your fibro 
um, pain. So tell me how that, you know, how did you find that to be an effective treatment for you? So with the fibro, you know, diagnosis, people, I find in my experience, the medical profession, the traditional Western medical profession field doesn't really know what to do with people that have fibro. Mm-hmm. And and not against them in any way, because we all have our own scope. You have your perspective. I have my perspective on what I do with with my life and my my wellness and with my clients, right? And, and that's perfectly fine, but it didn't work for me. And I basically got told when I got my diagnosis, which took two years, by the way, but anyway, it was brutal. I had lightning bolts shooting through my arms and legs. I didn't sleep for months. I could barely walk. Like, it was horrible. And I got just got told afterwards, just take your meds and you'll just have to deal with it. And however, whatever happens, happens. And no one mentioned to me about any of the other pieces, the mindset, the gut health, the inflammation, the flu, all those things. They didn't really talk about that. They just take your meds and suck it up and deal with it. And that's just life. And I even had have friends who have fibro. Mm-hmm. And when I spoke with them about it after getting my diagnosis, they said the same thing to me. And so I always find with this whole fibro journey and the journey that I'm in with clients and people that I talk to, there's, I find there's two camps of people, the people who are like, this is not going to be who I am. And then there's the other ones who are the, whoa, 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 me. And and the people who are the victims are not my people. Right. (laughs) I would love to pull them out of that, but through the whole journey myself, I did mindset work. I worked with a mindset coach. I worked with a bioenergetic practitioner. I changed the food that I ate. I healed my gut. Like I did a lot of work. I healed my negative emotions. I released anger. I got gave forgiveness. I received forgiveness, which was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. It is the first. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest job that we all have in life um, and in healing. But I did all that stuff. And the people who are really, truly ready to release and live will do all the work that needs to be done. And so that's what I did. I did all the things. Like people are like, you should try this. Okay, I'll try that. You should try this. Yeah, give it. Come on, I'll do it. So because I decided that that... Like I got diagnosed when I was in my, no, I just want to my forties, late Mm thirties. So like I've had fibro, like the diagnosis came like 10 years ago. So to me, I was kind of thinking, yeah, but I'm young. Right. Am I going to know life's ahead of you? My whole life is ahead of me. I do not want to be a per. I do not want to be a person who can't function. So the whole journey and and how I work with people now and what I do is exactly the stuff that I did. So when I work with my clients, I'm like, yo, we got to forgive some things. Mm -hmm. And that I find is, Lexi, is probably the hardest piece. I used to think from a training, from from a wellness perspective and in the fitness movement world, I used to think it was the food thing that was the biggest thing for people. It's not. I tell them give up sugar and they kind of bulk at it, but then they're like, yeah, okay. And then they see, they feel better and that everything's good. But when I talk about, we're going to release some anger and some resentment and do with some forgiveness work, this is the biggest piece I find that people have the biggest trouble with. And I did too, personally, you know, through my journey, it was very difficult, but man, it makes such a big difference. 
It does. Well, I think it's because a lot of people don't realize they're holding on to so much and how it manifests in the body. Um, you know, I, I look back at, you know, even friends that have had breast cancer and I'm like, you know, that tends to be a resentment that you're holding in your heart and you've got to let go of that. If you want to let go of the, the breast cancer and, and a lot of people just look at you like you're crazy, but I do, it is such a big part. And I think from a young age, we're not told to validate our feelings so we suppress them. And so we think they're dealt with, but they're not, they're there. They're hanging out, poking us <laughs> saying, we're going to be here until you deal with us. So, yeah. So and, that's, and, go, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> so, so you work with the mindset with them as well oh, then. So you do oh, full yeah. coaching. Okay. Yep. We do. I do full coaching. So the move, so now, so, and I'm thinking about this as you're talking, I don't think I answered your question, but, um, <laughs> I don't know if I'll answer any of what I asked. No, so my whole perspective on movement and on wellness has really changed from how it was before. Because before, I used to be able to do something and Mm -hmm. my body would get be sore, tired, and then it would just bounce back. And then, and I truly believe after years of, like you said, suppressing emotions, not dealing with things, you know, not necessarily, not that I ate badly, but I didn't really dial it in. No, I mean, I'm gluten-free. I've been gluten-free for like almost 30 years. So that, you know, but little things that would cause some inflammation and flares and stuff. I didn't really kind of, you don't put all the pieces together sometimes because, and I do think it's our subconscious mind that goes, no, 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 time out. Don't do that. Don't finish the puzzle. Like don't put all those, because as soon as you put all those pieces together and you look at them, you go, oh, crap on a cracker. Like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta deal with all the pieces, right? So if I, if I keep them separate, what's wrong? Did you just say crap on a cracker? But that's what happens. The subconscious mind is like, we're going to keep all the little pieces apart because once we put them all together, mm-hmm. then you get the picture and you go, oh, yeah. I have to do all the little pieces that I don't really want to deal with because that's the way to wellness. And and so I think, you know, in having done the work myself, now I guide my clients to do the exact same thing. And it's a little bit different for everybody, right? Because some people you know, take a little bit longer. Some people aren't not ready for, like, I don't, like, I don't go week one. Okay. We're going to forgive people now. That's not, how it, works. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't work like that, you know? And then I've learned over the years for myself, as well as for my clients, I have, a, I had a client that just, she's just come back to coaching. She did six months with me mm-hmm. and that was last year and she did awesome. And so many gains and so many forward momentum and and healing things all good stuff happened and then she called me last week and she's like i need to i need i need to come back and i'm like oh okay why she goes the layer it's another layer there's more i'm like all right so we're doing another 12 weeks together because and we have but because she's done some work already and something has surfaced and another layer has come up now we're going to address those things and then move forward so you know i think coaching of any capacity or like you people who are coming to you for their wellness you you are part of their team their mm-hmm. wellness team we all need a wellness team 
and it 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 and to me it doesn't tell me that I'm not well. It tells me that when something happens and I need someone to help me fix that or to manipulate or change something, I don't have to do it by myself because I have you. I can call you, Lexi, or I can call my osteopath, or I can talk to some, call my mindset coach because something happens. And so I think that's another piece of the whole journey and the wellness piece is that I believe that we need to start working with other practitioners so that we can then say, I need you. So my clients go to my osteopath. And I know in the States, osteopathy is different than Canada. And in Canada, they do lots of manual things. It's mm-hmm. a whole rebalance of the energy chakra thing. Well, my osteo anyway. Um, and I think in the States, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, they're more doctors and they do a little bit of osteopathy. Yeah, they feel, they're more holistic versus yeah, just pharma. Very body and energy and balancing, but I have osteopaths that I refer people to, and they refer people to me. So I think we need a team, and I don't think that we're ever really encouraged to do that. If we're yeah, fortunate yeah. and we get a, a primary care um, physician, who mine is amazing, he's opened everything. And if That's I need fantastic, a girl, oh, I'm so blessed. You know, like I. I mean, Canada just must be more open because where I went to school for my doctorate, the, um, the president of the university who started, he's actually from Quebec or Montreal. I can't remember. It's gotta be Quebec because he's very French speaking. And so he was trained as a, a DO, you know, he's, um, a homeopathy practices homeopathy. Um, he's got like 20 modalities that he's trained in and to have that exposure, which here we're so limited with what is available and accessible. I mean, half the States aren't even open to natural therapies here. So you have to travel to certain areas if you want to be able, that's, what's great with virtual is then, you know, everyone can access it, but it's, it's tough. So I'm glad that, that that's available there. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it's very helpful. And I think, you know, we need, we do need a care team and, and everybody, which we, I think we talked before we started recording this, everybody has their own area of expertise and everybody has their own perspective mm-hmm. on things. So even mm-hmm. though, you know, I'm, I'm a wellness coach and I'm a trainer and all that, like, my perspective on pain management even could be different than somebody else's. I have a feeling that it's quite similar, but maybe the delivery is a little different, but there are different aspects. Like even for you, there are others that practice exactly what you are practicing, but the way they deliver it and the things they focus on may be very different. But Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that we, you know, create these connections and then we can then refer people. And I can say, Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know Lexi, she, she can help you. She's a natural I know that's a person I can send someone to. Um, So I think it really is important. And maybe it seems like it's a little bit more open in Canada and what we have available. And the UK is much more open. I mean, my ultimate goal, and I know that's not the point of this talk today. My ultimate goal, what I would love to do is open up a wellness center and have different rooms. You have an acupuncture room, you know, a meditation room, a yoga room, you know, a physical fitness room. whatever. So you have all these modalities, a kitchen to learn healthy, you know, food stuff and, and all of that. So someone can come and say, 
let me try these. Let me do this retreat and I'm going to try these different things and see what resonates with me and what helps me in that way. It's all there. So that's lovely. So if you ever need somebody to come in and do some of your retreats, I, I'm in, right. Stuff I do some mobility stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's a fantastic idea. And I, and I, and I think too, it's the whole idea of different governing bodies for all the different modalities Mm -hmm. um, and how they are kind of in not conflict, but they don't, sometimes see eye to eye or they have different rules and and all that kind of stuff and insurance and liability and all that kinds of things so and i think too with some practitioners um i I know personally i mean i have done a lot of education i have mentored with people i have taken courses and i know you said certifications are not everything no they're not but it's good it's a good basis and then you apply what you learn right right and i've done a lot of work in my field and to become educated so I can help people better and I can know more things about the body. And so when people, when I say, yes, I'm a personal trainer, they go, because, because the governing bodies that certify, and now it's different in Canada than the States, you don't need to be certified here to be a personal trainer Mm -hmm. or a Mm -hmm. fitness instructor because there is no governing body. So So, the fact that you went above and beyond Right. However, some people in different fields do not recognize that I know stuff. Mm. They just think, oh, she's just a personal trainer and she just, they just lift weights and they do stuff like, and I, and I've worked with massage therapists and chiros and osteopaths and they're like, okay, do your assessment. I want you to assess me. I'm like, no problem. And they're like, wow. Like, oh, okay. Cause I've, I've had assessments with personal trainers before and I'm like, okay, but I'm not the same as everybody else. And they're like, no, you are not. But, but just from the label, right? Just like just a just a personal trainer. She doesn't really know stuff. And I think that that's probably part of the problem too. With even you saying getting all these people together, if they don't, if somebody in one field doesn't recognize that you know you know your stuff because they don't really think you're kind of woo woo and what are you talking about and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not value that. Right. So I think that's part of the problem, too, is that sometimes that we don't really understand what other people are doing and what area of expertise is, which is why I think it's important that, you know, when coming back to that wellness group and who we have at in our team to be able to say, okay, yeah, I know this Mm -hmm. osteopath because I go there Mm -hmm. like she's my person. Right. So that when I tell my clients, you should go to an osteopath, they're like, well, do you have someone? I'm like, actually, yes, I do. And I give, then there's four, four of them at that facility, four of them at that mm-hmm. clinic. And I've, I have personally seen three, the fourth one, one of my clients goes to and is dedicated to him. So I'm like, I'm confident to send you to that person or mm-hmm. with that acupuncturist, I have someone for you. I have a person for pretty much everything. Well, and you mentioned the team approach and I agree. It should always be a team approach. There's so many aspects of our body and we all can't be experts in all of them. And ultimately it is up to the client to do the healing themselves. All we can ever do is give tools and tips and tricks. And a lot of people want an easy button and they'll try something for a week, two weeks and say, and see any change. Well, first of all, it may take six months before you start to see something, but maybe you don't just need that aspect. You need this aspect with it or this one with it as well. 
And so people kind of take away and put in and, you know, it's, it's a lifestyle and it's an embodiment that you have to to take on um, to get yourself from point A to point B. You work a lot as well with, um, so your fibro, you haven't really had any flares for a long time with your fibro. Do you work primarily with people with fibro or pain management problems or? So I work with many people that don't have diagnoses yet. I work with people that have injuries um, or limitations of some kind. Um, I don't have one person ever. I don't have one person even that I work with that doesn't have something mm-hmm. that they modified in a physical aspect. Um, people, like I mentioned before, people that f- have fibro kind of come into two camps. They, they either want to thrive and figure out how they're going to do that, or they just want to stay where they are. And, and I understand that because I think, and you probably can identify this with this when you were on your journey at some point you're like this this is just i can't i can't there's no way out of this and it's just easier and it is from a support if you don't have a support network if you don't have people in your in your team whatever that team looks like that can guide you and give you some options and help you and support you you mm-hmm. don't have someone that's saying okay well what about mindset what about looking at your inflammation what about gut health like there you don't have people that are there right. to support you, then it's very difficult. And I run into this a lot with my clients that they are trying to do things to become healthy and to become well. And their support system at home, it's not negative in the sense of they're being told, no, that's stupid or don't do that. But they're also not being encouraged or right. being supported to like changing food, which is probably a lot of things that you deal with. Let's change what you eat. And the partner doesn't matter male or female the partner or the kids and the kids are like we're not eating that mm-hmm. and then that one person that's trying to be well and get on that road to recovery and wellness is left by themselves to do all the stuff for them plus everybody else in the family and that's a really unsupportive network that they mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. and it's really difficult for them um so I find myself with a lot of my clients, they're kind of in that situation. And, you know, I've, I've had a client where they were on the verge of a marriage breakdown because, and I'm sure that you have dealt with that as well, you know, that, and anybody who's in the wellness space and you're dealing with your clients that, cause you're trying to do things and you have all this pushback from everybody else that they're not necessarily saying the negative things, but they are certainly not helping you mm-hmm. and boosting get to where you need to be right so yeah. a lot of my clients are kind of in that space and it's a hard space to be in and it's difficult and and it's a lot of um we're i think we're we are told and taught marriage is forever and your partner is forever and and i believe that i think it's a very important thing however there does come times where the paths do not run together yeah they and that's just how it has to be. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes my client, I've had a couple of clients that are in that position, but yeah. they, on the plus side, their partners really realized what was happening and it was a 180 and things are great now. So that's a ha- very happy, thing, 
but yeah, sometimes it happens, right? So I do deal with people though that have pain and a lot of people that I deal with that have pain think that it's just, it's physical. Mm -hmm. And when you dive into pain and research pain, pain is a mental thing. My, my body doesn't know pain until my, the signal goes from where it happens. So if I touch something hot, that goes all the way through the spinal cord up into the brain and my subcontinent, my brain goes, this is very similar to what we've experienced before. Remember when mm -hmm. we touched that stove? That hurt. It was painful. Let's send the, and it sends a signal back and then my hand hurts because I touched something hot. Because mm -hmm. there are people, you know what I mean? So that those receptors are working and they're sending the message, but it's not that the pain originates where I touch that hot element. The brain has to process that and right. it tells me that message. So, but people don't really realize that when they're thinking about pain, they're just like, well, I hurt myself. Well, mm, not necessarily. Or it's muscular, right? A lot of my clients, it's muscular. Those mm -hmm. muscles are protecting and holding them in a particular pattern, which just yeah. causes pain, right? So... Okay. I always give the example of a kid who, you know, a little child who will stub their toe or do something. And then they wait like two seconds before they react because they have to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. all takes part in the brain, you know, as far as that yeah. reaction. Yeah. And the brain is literally going through a catalog. Like I say, this it's like a, a library card catalog, right? It's going through and going, do we know something that's similar to this? Have we experienced this before? And the brain wants to categorize. It needs to know what's happening. So it finds something exactly. And then that's exactly what happens. Kids fall down. And if we react, they, they react, mm -hmm. but sometimes they'll just fall and you're like, are you okay? And they're like, yeah, they're good. And they get up and they go, their blood down their arm. Nah, I'm fine. <laughs> right. But that's what happens. Right. And then you're freaking out as the parent or the caregiver. And you're like, oh my God. And then they start to cry because they didn't register pain because their body doesn't know pain. The brain hasn't told them that it is pain. Right. So. I do have a lot of clients that, that they don't really understand what's happening with pain. And again, there's a lot of components to wellness, right? It's not one thing. Like you can't just do one thing and be healed or cured right. or whatever you want to use, right? Yeah. That makes I don't think I answered your question on that one either. It did fine. <laughs> You can promote this podcast as the interview with Fran Garten, pain reduction coach, who answered none of the questions that I asked you. So let, let's see what So do you have any tips for people that maybe are dealing with pain at home as far as how to deal with it emotionally or physically just to make it tolerable until they find someone like you to work yeah. with? Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is, you know, you need to work on your stress. <laughs> I do a lot of talking about stress. Stress causes inflammation and pain in the body. And it just does. That's just how it is. Our body responds to stress. So figure out, so, th so this is very practical. I want you people to think about what are their stressors? What are things in their life that cause them stress? Make a list of them, okay? And then you're gonna think about stress from, I, I like it very simple, Lexi, internal or external stressors. Mm -hmm. An external stressor are things I can't control. So very easy. Somebody else, somebody else. That's it. That's an external stressor in any capacity. Your boss, your spouse, your kids, you can't control anything. Schedules at work, traffic, airlines, COVID. I have no control of it. Those are all external stressors. 
those, your, all of your stressors, you're going to look at your list. If they're external, put a little E beside them. If they're internal stressors, you're going to put an I beside them. Those are all the things about me, my mm. emotions, my thoughts, my actions, my words, all that. Okay. All of the external ones, you're going to cross off your list. Keep and now point. you've only got about 50% left of the things to stress about that you can mm-hmm. control. Okay. So that's number one is definitely look at the stressors and decide internal or external and really work on reducing the internal ones. The second thing I would say is we want to, we do need to work on um, inflammation and reducing inflammation if you've got pain. So see a naturopath. Talk to somebody. Like me. (laughs) Right now, Lexi can help. Talk to somebody about food. So food causes inflammation. Now, I, so I've been gluten free for over 25 years. Um, Gluten can cause inflammation. Not for everybody. Not forever. For me, absolutely it does. So I avoid it. So it's really important to know what your triggers are. So your stress triggers, but also your food triggers. So go see a naturopath. Start tracking what you're eating. Start tracking your responses. If you don't want to give up gluten, don't. If you don't want to give up dairy, don't. If you're going to give up one thing, pick sugar. That's the thing. That's my biggest piece of advice from a food point of view. Reduce your sugar. Maybe Mm. you don't give it up completely, but definitely reduce it. So I tell people 20 grams a day max. If they're going to have it, that's it. That's the max. Um, But like you've mentioned, there's probably some parasites some bacterial stuff going on in the gut so we want to take care of that so stressors number one to take care of and reduce inflammatory foods number three we need to make sure we're sleeping well that's Mm -hmm. important um i don't know how it is over there but there are lots of options here um we have um cannabis is legal here in variety of forms um it can help there are other um, natural aids. Magnesium. Just take a magnesium supplement. That would be lovely. Um, I prefer liquid to pill, but that's just me. Um, so sleep is really important. Prioritize your sleep. So routine, same, getting up and going to bedtime. Mm-hmm. Start with that. Yep. And a cool room and dark. Just start with those things, right? Um, and then I would say you need to move. Movement is very important. Um, doesn't have to be crazy. Yoga's great. Qigong has been a lifesaver for me, um, in reducing my inflammation. So it's kind of like Tai Chi. Um, so that I would recommend movement. And then the last thing that, um, people need to think about is their negative emotions. Beautifully said, quite concise little list there. So, um, all actionable items that people can easily start to do at home. Um, I agree wholeheartedly about the magnesium. I always recommend um, the spray magnesium oil. I make it really cheap at home, but uh, if you got restless leg cramps, anything at night, a couple sprays on your leg, you're, you're good to go for most everybody. I didn't know there was a spray. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you can make magnesium oil, one part magnesium citrate flakes, one part distilled water equal one to one ratio. I heat up the water on the stove and then I mix them both in a glass bowl because you don't want to mix them in a metal bowl because it'll react with the magnesium. Mm. And then I put it in a spray bottle 
super easy, way cheaper than buying it at like Whole Foods or, you know, any of the natural grocery stores. Okay. I didn't know that. That's so. Mm-hmm. Throw some lavender essential oils in there. You yes. sleep like a baby. Yes. <laughs> baby, That's right. Essential oil. Great. All about sleeping. Oh yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Magnesium is good. I, I recommend it to everybody. Perfect. Perfect. So tell me, um, Fran, I have your information, but how can people reach you if they want to contact you as far as working through this, dealing with some of the pain? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram, Fran Garten Pain Coach. Okay. Perfect. And they can message me directly and then we can set up a call and, and, and uh, chat about things. I also have on my website, which I will make sure you have for the, for the notes for the show, um, a free stress um, worksheet and also a pain pain quiz that they can do to just figure out what might be going on and some suggestions on what they could do to help with reducing the pain. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'll be glad to share that with everybody. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. I think it's very valuable information, you know, being a warrior yourself, it is possible to overcome our diagnoses. I always get tripped up saying that word, but the plural, um, But anyways, I I really hope that your story hits home and encourages someone to get out there and start moving and dealing with their emotions. So thank you for any closing words you have. (laughs) I have. That's a trick question. That's the hardest question. No, the, the thing that I would say to everybody is honestly, the body achieves what the mind believes. Mm hmm. And that is ultimately it. And the power is within you to make the changes that you want to make. You don't have to do it alone. There's a huge support network out there. Um, and there is no magic pill. If there were, Lexi and I would be bajillionaires. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> says I'm like, not. Can you well, tell that's, not? <laughs> that's, true, that's true. Fair enough. I shouldn't judge that, right? But no, it's true. It takes time, but you can achieve the things that you want to achieve. I mean, Lexi's you're a perfect example of myself as well. Like people don't believe that I have fibromyalgia. Like my pain, it's zero. Like I'm zero. That's where I live. And if it yep. goes above yep. a three or four, I think I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not where I live anymore. So it's totally possible. It is possible to live pain-free, to live medication-free. Um, you just need to want it badly enough. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's where the, the deep dive comes. I think that's a, a great lesson to teach everybody. So thank you. I really enjoyed chatting and laughing with you today. I <laughs> um, hope to connect with you again soon. So thanks for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that concludes another episode of Unlocking Health with Dr. Lexi. As always, if you'd like to reach out, just comment below or you can reach me at www.elementsofwellness1.com. I look forward to hearing from you and your feedback. Stay healthy, stay well, and live your best life.